for the first time in the history that I'm aware of, people getting out of prison better than they went in. What that means is if we can take the, the violence and, and, and the anxiety and the trauma and the pain away from them, you don't need long prison terms. They just need to be made better. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome, everyone, to the Mind Valley podcast. I'm so excited about our guest today. He is the legendary Bob Parson. So, a couple of things about Bob. If that name doesn't ring a bell, I bet you several of his companies will. GoDaddy.com. Yes, Bob founded GoDaddy, which is the service I've been using for like the last 20 years to register all my domains. He founded it in 1997, sold it a few years later for a billion dollars. But GoDaddy is just one page in Bob's epic book. So he is a couple of things. I'm going to rattle off these facts because they are so mind-blowing to me. He is ranked number 340 on the Forbes 400 list. Um, A billionaire, according to Forbes. He grew up poor as a church mouse in inner city Baltimore, struggled to school, flunked the fifth grade. But here's the coolest part about Bob. He enlisted in the Marine Corps and was sent to Vietnam, where he received four medals during his tour, including the Purple Heart and the Combat Action Ribbon. Now, in 1984, when his serial entrepreneurial mind activated, he started a software firm in his basement, sold that for $64 to Intuit, and then went on 10 years later to create GoDaddy, sell that, and then start a string of businesses. Uh, One of his more popular brands right now is Parsons Extreme Golf. Now, despite all of this, one of the things which I find most amazing about Bob Parsons is that he and his wife, Renee, signed the Giving Pledge. And since 2012, they've given away more than $230 million to charity. He is an amazing man. And we're going to be talking about some incredible topics today, from Bob's experiences with plant medicine to his advice for succeeding in business and life. Bob, welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. Pleased to be here, Vishen. Thank you. So, Bob, you know, the first thing I wanted to, to, to ask you about is let's let's actually start with the plant medicine topic, because I think that's going to be really fascinating for our audience here. Tell us about how you went into this area and what it did for you. Well, I, when I went over before I went over to Vietnam and mm-hmm. uh, with the Marine Corps, I uh, I was a pretty happy guy, happy guy, like being around people, always felt like I belonged, uh, slow temper. Uh, that, that sort of thing. Uh, when I went to Vietnam, I was with a, uh, Marine Corps rifle company and to just give you a little snapshot of what that was like when I, when I first got to my squad, they were in, um, um, Quang Nam province. They were on top of Hill 190 and there was rice patties as far as you could see. And our job was to uh, keep the North Vietnamese out of the little villages that were there. They'd come down, terrorize them and take the rice and all sorts of things. And so what we did was we were on ambush every night. Uh, when I first got to the squad, uh, I had learned that they had just been ambushed three days before. And uh, uh, four, four of them were, were killed. One was uh, severely wounded. 
And uh, I was I was one of the replacements. The new squad leader had uh, the guy, and to a man, the guys that were were killed and wounded were all the senior men. So the uh, the new marine, I mean, the marine that became the squad leader, the senior man had been there six weeks, and uh, so you know that t- took a little soul searching. And uh, what I did good then that really helped me is I just accepted the fact that I would probably die there. And I just tried to live the mail call every, every day. That was my goal. I never thought about coming home. I thought about being alive for mail call in the morning. Uh, I wasn't with them four hours. And uh, one of, one of the guys uh, in our squad uh, lost his arm, lost his leg, side of his head. Um, I saved the guy's life that night. The next night, our point man had his legs blown to shreds. The next night, we, you know, we we did our job, and and that's the way it went. And I was I was there for a month, and I hit it. We we're walking through a village at night. I hit a tripwire, and uh, it had a uh, explosion on the uh, hand grenade on the end, and uh, tore my legs up, arm up, and then I was medevaced out after a couple months in the hospital in Japan. And, and the Army, Navy, and Air Force, if you were wounded, you were you you could opt out of combat. The Marine Corps three times, of course. Uh, so so anyhow, so I, I got orders back. Never wound up going back into combat again. But I was in Vietnam, a lot of rocket attacks, shit like that. Eventually, I came home. But the the Bob that came home was very different than the one that left. Uh, when I came home, I uh, I had a short temper. I didn't want to be around anybody. I um, depression, short, you know, and it's just uh, people would describe me as the most intense person they've ever met, that sort of thing. And I I wrestled with that for most of my life. Then uh, three years ago, I read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, and uh, it it was I was fascinated by it. And so I, I told my wife. And my third wife, because uh, my PTSD most certainly cost my uh, divorces from my first two. And uh, so anyhow, she hooked me up with a couple people that that travel around and under the radar uh, treated veterans with plant medicine. And uh, so I spent a week. We, we linked up in Hawaii. And during that time, uh, the first day we took I'll. Ayahuasca. And the second day, it was uh, mushrooms, psilocybin. The next day, I took, we took a break. Matter of fact, I went and played golf with my wife. I've never putted so good in all my life. It was like the green was saying, hit it here, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the next day, it was LSD. And then, then we were done. But I mean, we talked about a lot of a lot of hard stuff, and and uh, the long and short of it is, people could not believe the change in me. I was like I was before the war, you know. I was a happy guy, uh, you know. I would take time to listen. Where I didn't do it so much before. Matter of fact, you know, one of the most telling things is is my son told his wife. He said, you know, I don't. Dad is so different now. He's so nice. He calls more. He uh, he he's willing to listen. You know, I, I wanted to go places. I wanted to be with people again. I'll tell you what, Vision, 
50 years since the war, I finally came home. What year was this that you went on this journey? Well, it would have been uh, 2018. 2018. So this was fairly recent. Yeah. Fairly recent. Did you find that the results of this experience had an impact on how you looked at the world and how you ran your business as an entrepreneur? Um, you know, it, you know, it did, it did somewhat to, to the sense where I was an easier guy to work for. All right. I, I always, I always run my businesses like a Marine Corps drill team. Right. And, um, maybe now I'm, you know, it's an easier drill team. That that's fascinating. Now, have you done this again since? Do you go back to psilocybin or LSD? Do you microdose? Have you tried ayahuasca again? All right. Okay. Kind of a laundry list there, brother. All right. Now, <laughs> uh, what what I what I did was is uh, I met with the same guys and uh, right. went through it went through it a, a second time to to a certain degree, and um, I, I found that helpful. Uh, so the answer is, is yes. And, um, but not, not a tremendous, I mean, enough. And, uh, the one thing I have done is I have done microdosing with mushrooms. I mean, in a very, very, very small amount, about an eighth of a gram. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do I find that helpful? Yeah, I do. I like it. So I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm on board with the program, brother. Uh, you know, you know, we, you guys, you have another convert. That is, that, that is so amazing to hear. One of the things I, I really believe that people like you and me need to help, help bring mainstream is how powerful plant medicine can be, right? In addition to ayahuasca concepts like Ibuga for, for, especially for PTSD, there's so much evidence right now, um, that psychedelic treatment, uh, can relieve major um, major like mental health issues from PTSD to depression, but in so many parts of the world, it's, it's banned. Um, one of my team members from Romania was informing me a couple of months ago that there was a, a Romanian um, ayahuasca facilitator who was jailed for 10 years because the government considers it drug dealing, which is ridiculous. Oh, 100, 100% it is. It's, it's not only ridiculous, but it's a, uh... You know, it's a huge fear of the dark type thing. You know, yeah. all they got to do, and our job is turn a lights on, right? So you can you can see there's nothing in that room that that you want to make uh, um, make you illegal or keep you illegal. Um, recently, and and I I, I won't say where uh, I had two of my buddies that I served with. One was uh, the squad leader, the other was the machine gunner, and uh, these guys these guys have. PTSD to beat the band. Well, they had the same transformation that I had. We brought them home and we did it with mushrooms. That's amazing. So I want to share. So for those people who are listening here who might be skeptics, I want to share a recent study from New York University. So you can you can find this study on the internet. It's called post-traumatic stress disorder treatment with psychedelic drugs. And what they basically found is that psilocybin uh, mushrooms uh, can be really effective in treating uh, PTSD. Um, I'm reading an extract from the paper. Patients noted that after being treated with psilocybin, they felt their quality of life improved. They noted that they wanted to engage more with external activities. They had more energy. They experienced improved relationships with family members. They performed better at work. And the researchers at NYU concluded that psilocybin could reduce psychological distress, even in terminally ill cancer patients. 
It could apply to also less extreme medical conditions related to psychological distress as well. So overall, really, really, really positive. And I think it's a matter of time, you know, as as men like Bob share their experiences, um, as other people who are in the position as influencers openly talk about this, governments will start to wise up and create laws that are more sane um, and allow more people to experiment with these type of treatments. So thank you, Bob, for being so open and sharing that. Oh, my pleasure, brother, my pleasure. You know, my brother, well, he has pretty serious cancer and, and he passed away last year. And uh, he was, when I, when I went to see him, he was miserable and frightened and so forth. And I, I brought my, my friend in who treated me with uh, uh, psilocybin Mm-hmm. And we gave him a, a, a hefty dose. And the next day, he was a happy guy, wasn't afraid to die. Um, I've, I've got a, a photo of him before and after. And I'd, I'd love to send it to you because, I mean, a picture, you know, says so much that words don't. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is, it, is, it is amazing the transformation in him. And what it did was it allowed him to enjoy his last days rather than being frightened and miserable. Totally takes away the fear of death. Why we would not want people to have that? Well, it makes no sense. I know. It's insane. Firstly, we, we would love to get that photo. We want to share this extract of our, of our interview on our Instagram. And we would love to be able to share that photo of your brother. And I'll tell you why this is so important to me. Speaking of cancer, recently about a year ago, one of my friends, um, she was only 40 or so, and she, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and she, she, she passed away. But in the last six months of her life, she was in so much pain and all she wanted was CBD oil. That's it. CBD oil, which for those of you who don't know is derived from, um, from marijuana, but it's not the THC, which is the chemical that gives you the high CBD is simply a pain relief oil. It's legal in Europe. I buy, I buy CBD down the street here. But in this particular country where my, my friend lives, CBD was illegal, which is so stupid, so absolutely stupid of the government, because the government doesn't even understand the difference between marijuana and CBD. Um, now, this, of course, is in Malaysia, the country I was born, where you can get jailed or sentenced to death for even about 100 grams possession of marijuana. This poor woman had to suffer in pain she died of cancer and she was as positive as you could be, but it's insane that outdated government policy is preventing not just psilocybin, right? But even pain relievers like CBD from reaching the masses. And that's why I'm so happy you're speaking about this, Bob. And I think all of us watching, all of us listening need to be more vocal about this so the laws can change. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's starting. I mean, we've, we've got the initiative getting ready to go in front of, um, uh, the electorate in California, I think, mm-hmm. or, or maybe the legislature. I'm not quite sure where it is, but it, it's, it's there. And if it's right. going to pass anywhere in the world, brother, um, it's going to pass in California, already passed in Oregon. Um, Amazing. Denver uh, uh, has been experimenting with having mushrooms, not illegal, very close to legal, um, or excuse me, not legal, but very close to it. In other words, uh, they said we will enforce the laws against the use of uh, psilocybin that at the lowest priority, which means basically <laughs> leave you alone. All right. But right. two years, the negative impact of that has been zero. 
Right. So it, it is, uh, if, if anything is going to help propel this so, so we can get it adopted in the country, that'll do it. Now, the one thing I will say is, you know, many people think that uh, mushrooms is, uh, you know, you, you, you take a hefty dose of that, that it's a very pleasant and happy thing. It is not. Uh, it, can be, it can be just the opposite. Uh, to me, uh, I, and, and unless there's a reason, a large dose of that is not for me. Microdose different and uh, should be should be legal. So, right. you know, it's it, and it will mostly be used for therapeutic purposes. And mm -hmm. what what I the point I want to emphasize is on uh, psychedelics. Uh, you know, it's uh, to me, the psychedelic doesn't do the healing. Ther the therapy does the healing. But the but what the, the psychedelic does is it makes it possible in a big way. So that's that's my thoughts. There. So what you're saying is, if, if you if we are experimenting with this, it's important to do it with a trained therapist, uh, a trained healer, um, or a doctor who can guide us through the healing process. Well, one hundred percent. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. And then you know, if 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 something something unwanted happens, like maybe too much, and the you know whoever the the you know the 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 person taking it is is absolutely frightened out of their skin or they have a bad trip or something you're with somebody that can mitigate that and um, that is so important because you know to, to realize is you know these these things can you know they don't often but they can go south i mean in, mm -hmm. in a hurry and uh no offense to the south but uh, uh <laughs> yes exactly you know there's positives and if it's not administered correctly, you know, it can be rather disconcerting. The other thing that I will tell you is uh, when my brothers went through this, that the, they did just real, really, I mean, going through and looking at, you know, what is bothering you very closely, uh, quite often is a difficult thing. And both of them, while they came out really great, they said the same thing. Man, I, I don't ever want to go through that again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, a lot of people go through, and and a lot of people go through these journeys, and they can be painful. Um, I did ayahuasca um, just before the pandemic, um, and it was eye opening for for seven hours straight. Something spoke to me, um, but what was really interesting is it helped me solve a business problem. It's weird. I heard like a voice, and I was facing this intractable business problem. And the solution came to me with such elegance that I knew exactly what to do. It was step by step by step. And then I said, well, let's forget about the problem. Tell me what I got to build in the future. And step by step by step for seven hours straight, I got the vision for where to take the company, for a new app to build, for a new algorithm to produce. Um, and right now I'm working on a patent for an AI algorithm that interestingly, large chunks of it came during an ayahuasca journey. And I, I can't explain it, but it was one of the most profound and powerful experiences. After the journey, I, I sat down with my my Apple my my iPhone, the uh, the memo tool, and I started writing ev dictating everything so I wouldn't forget. I left myself like a sixty minute memo of all the downloads. But here's the interesting thing, Bob. Um, this is this is the part that was really weird. It was as if 
there were synchronicities preparing me for the journey. For example, when I was flying to the place where I was about to have this ayahuasca journey, I was on the plane and the, the, there was a, just a couple of movies that were available. And one of the movies was called, I believe it was called The, the, the Lighting Wars. And it was about Nikola Tesla versus Edison. And there was this dramatic scene from the movie where George Westinghouse goes to Edison and he wants to buy Edison's AC motor. And Westinghouse says, well, Edison, show me the motto. And Edison says, I can't show you the motto. And Westinghouse goes, what do you mean you can't show me the motto? And Edison goes, because it's here. It's in my head. And Westinghouse goes, well, how am I supposed to invest in it if it's in your head? How do you even know it works? And, and sorry, it wasn't Edison. It was Tesla. And Tesla says, of course it works. I've created it in my head. I've run it in my head. I've tested it in my head. Of course it works. And sure enough, it did work. And the AC moto changed the world. So I watched that movie and I was thinking, wow, that's really cool that Tesla could do it. Now, when I was now a few days later, I was in this Aya journey. And the first thought that came to me as these downloads came is, where's my pen? Where's my notepad? And I, I was panicking because I couldn't find my pen and my notepad because all and all of these downloads were coming. And then it's like the Aya spoke to me and said, remember Tesla. You can remember all of this in your head. And so I relaxed. And sure enough, like everything, seven hours of downloads, I remembered flawlessly. But I wonder, is there something larger at play here? Was there a synchronicity that ensured that I watched that movie just before my trip, that that idea was implanted in my head just before that Aya trip? And that's why I find these ideas so fascinating. Well, it is it is fascinating. And, and uh, the thing that I've come to realize is uh, the depths with which uh, our mind or brain, whatever however you like to refer to it, um, is, is able to perform and do things and so forth. The depths of its capabilities, we are only scratching the surface. Right. And uh, that, is, that is one of the big things that psychedelics unlock. And mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it is many things. Um, uh, I, I believe we are all connected far more than we, we dare to even dream possible. Uh, psychedelics uh, makes that possible. And, you know, you know, it's, in, it's interesting. Uh, uh, I, I grew up and, and my, my mom, um, when she was a little girl, she was one of seven siblings and her father was a raging alcoholic and he would come home and always pull her out of the crowd and, and uh, beat her, and only her. And so she she grew up, and she had a lot of the love just beat out of her. Uh, mm -hmm. She was a very gorgeous woman. A very you know she had she had a good personality, but she was she was not very affectionate. So if if someone would ask me, they would say, um, Bob, tell me about the most well the most you know loving moment you spent with your mother. I couldn't tell you one thing because she was, she wasn't that, that close. I mean, she never held me. She never, never did any of that thing and probably made me the perfect U S Marine. And, uh, but the deal was after I took the psychedelics about two or three months later, in the middle of the night, I had this dream, which was, it was like, it was like, I'm looking at you now, right now on zoom. Mm -hmm. And in the dream, I walk into this room and she's laying on the, on the couch and she, she gets up and she comes over to me and she said, Rob, can I have a, a hug and a kiss? 
I said, sure you can, mom. And I mean, it had never happened before. So she gave me a hug. She gave me a kiss and a brother. I felt it. Wow. I mean, I felt it. And she goes, I love you. And she said, can, can I have another hug? And I said, mom, absolutely. She did it. I looked down, looked up, she was gone. So I, it was three in the morning. I got up, looked at the clock because I mean, I, I thought it actually, I mean, it wasn't a dream. So my brother called me later that morning and he said, Rob, you know what today today is? And he said, it's mom's birthday. And, you know, I tell you, that was the best time I ever had with my mother. And I mean, I love her so much, but the thing is, I don't know where it came from. I believe she came to see me. And uh, I believe the uh, psychedelics played a big part in making it possible. Uh, that is such a beautiful story. Such a beautiful story, Bob. It almost brings tears to my eyes. I'm so, I'm so curious. And I think what you're sharing right now is, 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 is so important because someone of great influence like you, right? When you talk about these things, you add a legitimacy to it that ordinary people can't add. And so your voice really amplifies um, this, this movement. What have you found that, that exploring these, these inner depths of your mind have done towards your, your goals and your visions as an entrepreneur? Has anything changed there in terms of the gifts and the, the contributions you want to bring to the world? Well, you know, one, 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm working now with uh, uh, MAPS, and uh, I'm working with, with uh, Mount Sinai, uh, mm-hmm. Center for Psychedelic Healing, and um, Dr. Rachel Yehuda, who's, who's outstanding. Um, I, th- I think we have donated a total of $1 million so far to help get that across. And, and, and we're just wow. beginning. Yeah. And uh, I've worked at Loma Linda University and who's, who's doing field trials and, and that sort of thing. We're working with the University of Baltimore to um, uh, start training, um, in particular, therapists of color to, to help when, you know, for MDMA therapy, once that gets approved by the FDA, which I'm hoping will be in 2023. Uh, so, so, so we'll see, but, you know, for the, the rest of my days, I want to see, see things change. I hope I live to see it. And, uh, brother, this is, um, this is a game changer. Help people with a PTSD. I mean, combat troops should be treated with this the moment they come back. Um, yes. uh, other, other times people that have a lot of, a lot of anxiety and trauma in their life. Uh, this can mitigate that. Another area where the, you know we we have all this talk in the you know here about the the uh, uh, local police wherever your jurisdiction is where I mean there's a lot of a lot of blowback both ways on it and the deal is not to get rid of them the what the solution is is to make them better to make them more compassionate to make them you know you know, to, to, to take the guys that are really suffering from a traumatic life, guys and gals, and to bring them home, so to speak. Um, that's the solution. Now, there's one more place. How about prisons? Prisons, where MDMA gets approved, I mean, for the first time in, in the history that I'm aware of, we would actually have people getting out of prison better than they went in. 
And what that means is if we can take the, the violence and, and, and the anxiety and the trauma and the pain away from them, you don't need long prison terms. They just need to be made better. And um, yeah. that's what's on the horizon. And I think this will be one of the renaissances, right, for the, for the whole world that um, rival any that's ever come before. I mean, the, it, it is, I'm so optimistic of what can happen. Yeah, you know, what? and what's crazy then, and I love what you're saying, prisons is one of the other institutions in America that we got to change. If you look at countries with the largest percentage of their population in prison, America is an anomaly. It's right up there with Turkey, Russia, Belarus, all of these countries run by dictators. It's right up there with, with, with these, these nations. 0.6% of Americans are currently behind bars. That's insane, right? And a, a large portion of them are drug-related offenses. Yes, exactly. Now, a, a, a huge here, amount. Here's another thing. There's only one for you know this, I know, but one the only first world there's only one first world country that does not have a drug problem and you know it's portugal right and the reason portugal does not have a drug problem is everything's legal yes but, you know it's it's just not that what they also do instead of spending money on the drug wars right which is you know we'll talk about that in a minute you know it's the biggest war this country's ever been in that that, that we've lost that had the highest casualties. And, and instead of trying to lock them up, what they do is they spend their money on education, which is most important, and then rehabilitation for the people that want it. And that's what they do. And it's great. Now, keep in mind, heroin, all that stuff is legal. You buy it at the drugstore there. And their overdose deaths are one third of what ours are per capita. And so mm. what that what that says is all this running around locking people up, you know, and ruining lives, it doesn't matter. It's not helping a thing. It's setting us backwards. It's it's ruining many people un- unnecessarily. And you know, that shouldn't happen. There's so much change needed in the world, right? So those of you who are voting, those of you who are listening, a lot of people in Mind Valley are entrepreneurs. Um, you guys are, are startup founders, entrepreneurs. Uh, many of you work for government. Please pay attention to this. Let's help shift this. And what you were saying about PTSD is also interesting. It's really fascinating what you experience um, as a veteran um, and, and, and overcoming your PTSD. I love that line you said, after 50 years since Vietnam, you felt yourself healed after you had this beautiful three-day experience. Now, the fact is about 15% of Vietnam veterans suffer from PTSD. Gulf War veterans, it's 12%. Either way, this is millions upon millions of Americans. And many of them think it's hopeless, that they will never get out of this. But as you've attested, they, they are therapies. They are just not currently legal. Well, do you know, do you know why it's 10 to 12% they say have PTSD veterans? Why is that? Because it's 10% of the veterans actually seek go into combat because it takes for every, every you know, soldier, Marine, you know, mm-hmm. in combat, nine guys, it takes nine people to, to support them being in the field. All right. So... They're the guys that come back with the severe PTSD. And that's the percentage they're talking about, severe PTSD. Most people 
have PTSD from one degree or another, but it's 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 not as debilitating as as combat vets. That's 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 crazy. And and again, um, America is just one country. In uh, in in Dubai, Dubai is one of the most progressive cities I've been to in terms of certain things. For example, Dubai just made its entire government paperless. Um, Dubai um, just enacted a four and a half uh, a four and a half day work week for government employees. All of this is progressive. But Dubai is downright backwards when it comes to understanding how um, neurotransmitters like like CBD can be used as an aid. There was a 25-year-old British football coach in Dubai, and this was in the press, and he was jailed for 25 years. They just reduced the sentence to 10 years for possession of CBD oil, which I can tell you, I have five bottles in my bedroom right now because it helps me sleep. So I, I love the fact that we're talking about this. And uh, uh, again, Bob, I'm so appreciative of you helping spread the word um, that there's so much in terms of how governments can open up their minds, politicians can open up their minds in understanding these these incredible alternative therapies. Uh, Bob, thank you. At the end of the hour, we didn't have time to go into the business part of this conversation. I would have loved to hear about your rules for business. I got a list um, from my from my media team, uh, but I really felt this conversation was more important. And so big thanks to you for sharing the story of your brother. I hope that we can have you back on our podcast at another time um, so we can talk also talk about business. But so far, this conversation has been amazing and so rich and so deep and so important. So thank you, Bob. Oh, it's my pleasure and vision anytime, brother. Anytime. Thank I'm you, guys. Happy. Absolutely. So we'll make sure that happens again. In the meanwhile, thank you all for watching the Mind Valley podcast. And if those of you who find this conversation interesting, uh, follow me on Instagram at vision. And you can follow Bob on Instagram, Dr. Bob Parsons. Oh, thank by, you, the, by the way, vision, I'm not a doctor. I uh, what What happened was... I, I did a commencement address at the University of Baltimore about uh-huh. 15, 15 years ago, and they they made me a doctor of humane letters. And uh, <laughs> all my buddies who were always busting my chops started calling me Doc. <laughs> so so I, I I did my handle was Doctor Bob Parsons, and it it says right. I now, love that. Not a real doc, but yeah, you know, probably if I'm on a plane and you know they call for a doctor, I might have to go up. I don't know. thank you bob thanks for sharing that honesty so uh i will see you back on the mind valley podcast and thank you all for joining us today all right take care guys bye And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.